to Mules with a Mic, the Alamo Heights Junior School newspaper podcast. Uh, congratulations, everyone. This is our last episode of the school year. This time... Oh, Taylor's sad. Uh, is anyone else sad? Oh, okay, wow. That... I mean, not fully. I'm pretty excited for school to end. I'm going to miss the newspaper and stuff, but school is not the greatest, but it's still going to be boring. Yeah, it's going to be super boring without having anything to do all day, because we can't go out. That's true. I mean, there's not a, like... If it was up to me, I'd go to a movie, I'd go all, like, i just get out, go to a coffee shop, but now we really can't. I mean, we kind of, but not fully yet. But, yeah, this is our last episode of the school year, and I don't know about y'all, I don't know what I'm going to do once we're done. It's going to be summer without the fun summer stuff. There is one place I can go. Where? Because the Starbucks down the street opened back up. Really? The one in front of the H-E-B? Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy about that, because I can finally get my coffee. <laughs> no. I don't know if anyone here has seen the um, Phineas and Ferb movie. I know Sarah has, because I made her watch it. The Phineas and Ferb Into the Second Dimension. And Taylor, what you said totally reminds me of um, the alternate dimension summer, where they just have nothing to do. <laughs> I love, actually, you always somehow manage to bring it back to a cartoon in some way. It's just my natural skill. I can't really help it. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, uh, my name is Stephen Brisenio. I'm the newspaper teacher at, at the Alamo Heights Junior School in San Antonio, Texas. And with me, I have members of my esteemed newspaper staff. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hi, I'm Thatcher. I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah. Good. And I'm Taylor. Awesome. All right, so I have a question for y'all before we officially start if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Probably a snake. They're my favorite animal. But yeah, I'd say I'd be a snake. Why a snake? Because I don't know. Snakes are kind of cool. And like, I don't know. They're just my favorite animal, so it might be a little biased. But I love snakes. Would your parents ever let you own a snake? Well, I mean, my mom, I think, is scared of almost every animal. She was scared of cats for a while, so... There's that. Now she's a crazy cat lady, but... I would be a marmot because they're adorable. Are are those the ones that have that, like, funny scream? I think so, yeah. You'd be a what? I'm sorry if we hear that. A marmot. I don't even know what that is. They're adorable. I'm going to share with y'all a YouTube video of a marmot. And (laughs) they're so funny. But they're so cute at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear that. I've actually seen that before. But 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 that's a mar- that's a marmot. Like that's like how it screams. It's this super high pitched like thing, and it looks like a beaver. And it's super cute, and that's what it <laughs> that's what it how it screams. It's so cute. <laughs> Sarah, I love that you'd be... <laughs> I love that you'd be a marmot. Marmot. That's awesome. <laughs> the scream sounds like a whistle. Yeah, it's like so high-pitched that it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I would be an owl because owls are very smart and they can travel around the world and fly and stay up at night 
So that would be my choice. That's awesome. Sierra, are you normally like a late night person? Like, do you stay up late normally? No. The problem with me is I'm an early riser, so I go to bed really early and then I wake up really early. Have you always been that way? Is that, or is that like something like from school and you're just kind of, that's who you are? Or are you like that normally? I think I've always been that way. My brother wakes up at like four every single morning. Really? It's insane, yeah. Like, why? I don't know. Does he, like, work out or anything? No, he's eight. That is bizarre. How old is your brother? Eight. Eight? Yeah. I would hate that if I was was his dad. I would be so angry. You know how you kind of sound like you're about to be like, so what exactly does eight mean? (laughs) Tell me, what is eight? He, so he just gets up at four and does nothing? He, like, eats cereal and stuff. He has, like, eight bowls of, of cereal every single day. It's insane. Wow. That is a ridiculous amount of cereal. But, but does he go to bed at, like, a normal time? Does he go to bed at, like, six? Yeah. I would want to be a seagull. Really? Yeah, because you can chill at, at the beach and you just eat, like, fries and stuff. <laughs> and you can steal stuff. It's nice. But, okay, so what city specifically would you be a seagull in? A really crowded beach. Yeah. Our first segment, our our final first segment of our podcast season so far is Slices, where we bring you good news um, throughout the world, especially in these crazy times that we're living in. Um, So let's start with Thatcher. Thatcher, what slice do you have for us today? Um, my slice is about the bluebirds, like, flying all around the USA and each state for, like, the big cities. Yesterday, we had some in San Antonio. I'm pretty sure about a week ago, there were some. In- what is a bluebird? Bluebird is, like, a military jet, and it's, it's for the um, Air Force. Then there's one for the Navy and one for the Army. But so, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Did all of y'all get a chance to see them yesterday? And I went and saw it, but... Yeah, I saw them on my back porch. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see them. I didn't see them, um, but my dad said that there wasn't much to see <laughs> from where we live. Over by uh, Incarnate Word, actually, they, like, they flew, and then it seemed like it was it, and we waited, like, ten minutes... And then it was an awesome view. They just flew right on top of us. Like, it was really cool. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, Thatcher. Um, Sarah, what slice do you have for us today? So my slice is about the Office cast members reuniting, um, like, on, a, like, a Zoom call yeah. to the dance for some fans' wedding. What do you mean by the dance? Can you explain that? It's the iconic dance. Yeah, the office dance. For that for us, Sarah? <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's not going to happen. I'm not recreating that. Uh, Thatcher, you go first. Let, let, turn on your camera. Let's hear yeah, your you office dance. I mean, I would love to act out as Meredith and just grab, like, the bottle of alcohol and just run away. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I don't think so either, Thatcher. Oh, so, who's your favorite office character, Sarah? I don't I can't, I don't have favorites from shows. I have least favorites, 
but not from The Office. Like, you don't even have a least favorite for The Office? No, not really. I don't have I don't have favorites and least favorites from most of the shows I watch. Okay. Well, my entire thing is about favorites. I mean, we ask my dad every single, or almost every single day, who's your favorite child? Never answers it, but we all know, for my dad, we all know it's me. My favorite is probably Creed. Creed's hilarious. Creed's so funny, yeah. I completely I agree. Say, I think Kevin Stanley are really funny. I also like Aaron. That's true. I like Aaron. But Aaron came like towards the end, like after yeah, Michael Scott. She came in the probably the worst part to come in because she came in after like Michael left, and after Michael left, it kind of just lowered in comedy. Um, I would say Angela because I just like how serious she is about things, and I just I'd love to have a conversation with her just to see what she says about mm-hmm. what I say. <laughs> one of my least favorites. Why? She's one of the only characters, though, in that show that's, like, super serious all the time. I feel like Kevin might, like, the entire show, I think he might actually trying to be serious and just never is. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the actor that plays Kevin talk, like, normal? Like, his actual voice? It's weird to not hear him talk like Kevin. Like, that's completely made up. Like, his I think one of the worst characters might be Toby. He got weird after a little bit. Like, it was fun to hate on him, but then he got weird after Michael left. Oh, like but... He was trying to, like, flirt with Natalie or whatever half the show. I, I felt bad for Toby. They were also mean to him. Exactly. They were mean to him all the time. And he was just there trying... there was nothing wrong with him. I don't know, do y'all think that Toby was the Scranton Strangler? That, that like, serial killer in Scranton? And they kept saying it was probably Toby. That might actually make sense. Anyone yeah, else? it turns out he actually has the most personality in the entire show. <laughs> I think that would be funny. Yeah. But no, they call the Stratton Strangler. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sarah. Um, if For those of you that aren't familiar with it, that's John Krasinski's web show that he's made since... That's Jim Halpert. His web show that he's made since quarantine has started a few months ago. Um, Some good news is what it's called. Yeah. And funny enough, what we're doing right now is what John Krasinski has been doing with his new web show. What's it called, Thatcher? Um, some good news. Yeah, and it's pretty. He's made it in his house. He's done like seven episodes, and they've done all sorts of really neat things for people and for um, highlighting different wonderful things that's happening in the world right now. So, thank you for bringing that up, Sarah. That's awesome. All right, um, Sarah, what good news do you have for us today? So, my good news for today is about Tina Fey. Um, Tina Fey is um, a comedian, American comedian, and she has been hosting a virtual telethon um, called Rise Up New York. And um, she recently raised $115 million for struggling New Yorkers during the um, COVID-19 shutdowns. Wow. And so, yeah, that's really exciting. And you can see if you watch her, um, if you watch what she <laughs> says in her telethon, then she starts tearing up because she's just so happy about what she did. And I just, it's really nice to watch. Hey, wait, um, isn't she an actor? I can't fully remember, but if she is, what has she been in? Maybe she's not an actor. I don't know. Um, I think 
I think she's just a comedian, but I think I've seen her in some films before. I'm not sure what. Yeah, she's been in 30 Rock. Uh, she created the show Kimmy Schmidt, Unbreakable um, Kimmy Schmidt. Um, yeah, she's a real, she was on Saturday Night Live. For a she, long was time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she was in Megamind. Yes. She was in Megamind. She. Megamind was one of my favorite movies. Who was she? Was she the, Roxanne Ritchie? I think so. The reporter that he falls in love with? Yeah, that's Roxanne Ritchie. I yeah. watched Megamind last night just for a lot Yeah, that's Tina Fey. She also wrote. Uh, mean Girls, like the the movie Mean Girls, like she wrote it, like, and I, she's in it too briefly. Yeah, that's that's amazing. One hundred fifteen million dollars. That is, that's an insane amount of money for her to to raise. That's fantastic. Was it like with a donation? Um, I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that slice, Sierra. Our, our last one for today, Taylor. What slice did you bring for us? All right, so the Monte Carlo Circus was doing a nine-state tour, but they ended up getting stuck in Waco in a parking lot because of the stay-at-home order. So they're living in all of their circus stuff. Like, they have 14 RVs and some uh, uh, semi-trailers and stuff, and they don't have anything else to do but practice. And the problem is they, they started to run out of money. And the people who are part of the uh, circus cannot work because their visas aren't for that. They can only be part of the uh, circus. So they can't go and get other jobs. That is both, like, crazy in that it's, like, kind of funny. Like, whoa, like, these, this circus is stuck. But then it kind of got super serious all of a sudden. That's yeah. nuts. But they started a GoFundMe page and they've raised uh, $5,000 wow. so far. So how many people are involved in the circus? Like, how many people are employed? Do you know? Quite a few. I'm not sure of the exact number, but it's like a lot. <laughs> wow. And is there any sign that they're going to be able to leave soon? I'm not sure. They, they're, it's, with the opening plan, it looks like it's going to take a few weeks. So the money that, that they've raised can help them go a little bit longer. I was trying to think of some sort of like puns relating to the circus or like clowns or something. I couldn't. Yeah. You're just not that funny, Thatcher. I guess I couldn't really clown around with that type of stuff. When's the last time y'all been to the circus? I went once when I was like six or seven. I went to one in Sri Lanka once, but that was the only time I've been to a circus. I don't think I've actually ever been to a circus. Really? I've been to a circus um, when I was a baby, and so I don't really (laughs) remember it. I actually have a slice, uh, another local slice. Uh, One of the... The Spurs players, Patty Mills, on Mother's Day decided to do a uh, kind of like a campaign to help during the pandemic. And so he came up with a Mother's Day fundraiser uh, to raise um, domestic violence awareness. Um, like in light of quarantine, it's kind of a, a sad thing. Um, domestic violence cases have kind of gone up um, with so many people being at home. And so... Um, he decided to raise money to help different organizations. And so he partnered with eight local coffee shops, including two of my favorites, uh, Theory and Gold, and where anything that they raised on Mother's Day, he would match it. So if like a coffee shop, let's say, made $5,000, they would donate that, and then Patty would match that 5000 So he'd give... Another five thousand, making it ten. And um, I'm friends with the owner of Theory, and 
uh, I went there yesterday, and he he and told me how much money they ended up raising on Mother's Day, and they raised over a hundred thousand dollars in one day um, for um, different Ooh. charities. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. So that's awesome. I know when you really think about it, like that, such a need for a lot of families, like that they need some sort of help, and they don't really have a lot of places to turn to in this in the time that we're in right now. So I think that's pretty cool that he did that. And he and it only happened he announced it on Friday and then it happened that Sunday. So like literally a day and a half to get it all together and they raised over $100,000. So it's pretty cool. That's all that we have for our final slices of the school year. Up next, we talk to Miss Amy Supisay, who teaches sixth grade reading, and Miss Kathleen Hebert, who teaches eighth grade English and Mule Tube. Please stay tuned. To our second segment with us today, we have two wonderful English teachers, Miss Hebert and Miss Supase. Go ahead and say hello, y'all. Hello. Hi, everyone. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we've had a little bit of everyone on the podcast, and since I'm an English teacher, I feel like it's only fitting that we end with two wonderful English teachers. Two English teachers that I've had the pleasure of working with for a long time. You guys are really awesome. How long have y'all been at the junior school? Um, I've been there for three years now. Four, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been four. Yeah, because you came the year after I came, so it's it's four. That's awesome. Okay. That's awesome. I'll start us off. Uh, what do you guys think school is going to look like in the fall? <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question, Taylor. Um, so I've thought a lot about this because um, I both teach and I also have a child at the high school. So I still am a mom in the district as well. And so it affects me in both ways. Um, if I had to make a guess, well, maybe I should say do I guess or what I wish for. I don't know. I think I love the block schedule um, that we've been able to use during this continuous learning time. I would love to see some format of that continuing. Um, I could see them doing, you know, uh, a morning like a session and an afternoon session. I'm not sure how they would have kids decide if they're morning people or afternoon people. <laughs> I think those kids would decide I'm an afternoon person. Um, but I would like to see some kind of face-to-face, if possible, if allowable, um, just with fewer kids maybe on campus at a time um, versus just all virtual. Because um, while I think we've done a good job of the virtual, um, there's nothing that replaces – I don't know if you would agree kids or not, but there's really nothing that replaces that face-to-face time with your teacher and with your students. Um, yeah. So I, I would love some version of that. I, I agree with a lot of what Miss um, Tupasay said. Yeah, I also have kids that go here, so I try to imagine what it would be like for them to go to school. And um, for us, I think as teachers, it's a little easier to make it work, but I also then think about parents that you know aren't teachers. How would they make that you know, morning schedule, afternoon schedule, and all of that work? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be very interesting you know, uh, what they come up with, considering what we came up with just in such a short time that it's worked really well. But I definitely agree. I think that nothing compares to that, you know, face-to-face contact and being able to actually see your students and really interact with them. Um, it's harder to get a read on it because on what you're thinking and feeling as your teacher without being able to really 
see your faces in person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was one day where I made my class, if they were comfortable, I said, I just want to see your faces. These little circles with your cute icons are really fun, but I feel like I'm teaching to like a black hole, and I decided I just need to see your faces. And so they were willing to turn the record, I mean, their cameras on for just a moment, and it was it really gave me a little boost to kind of get through. Um, that week, it was kind of midway through this, and I just needed to see the people that I was teaching rather than the black, you know, squares and little circles. Um, <laughs> not quite cut it for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'd be interesting too for you, Miss Hebert, because you have two children at different campuses. I imagine that would be even a, another layer of interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I don't know. It's. I can't imagine how they would do block scheduling with the little ones. I don't know. It'll be. I'm. I'm interested to see with what they come up with. They sent out some email and was like, "Even if you have suggestions," and I was like, "I got nothing." <laughs> <laughs> so, students, it'd be interesting to see what do y'all think the fall. Like, if y'all had it perfectly, like, what would the fall look like to you as students? I've been seeing, like, on Via News, the, the stuff where you would have, like, half in person and then half online. And then they have those special desks with, like, the plastic screens and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Miss Supase, where it'd be kind of more convenient if you got to go in the morning or in the afternoon. I think that would be a lot better than just going all at once. So I agree with Miss Supase. I mean, I would love for everything to go back to normal, but... Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'd really love everything to go back to normal because um, me and Taylor are starting high school. So uh, um, I think it would be a lot easier to start like normally, like everyone else does. But I understand if we have to have regulations still in the fall. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so Ms. Ms. Hebert and Ms. Hubisay, um you probably don't know Taylor. Uh, I'm just going to brag on Taylor for a little bit. Um, so Taylor was uh, at an international school in China in the same city that Mrs. Brisenio and I were in when we taught in China. And she went to the school literally across the street from us. So she's, wow. been, she's been in distance learning. How long have you been doing this type of learning, Taylor? Almost six months. Yeah, so she was in China when it, when it broke out. Then you, you moved back to San Antonio in, like, March? Yes, I think so. Yeah, and then after... So she's been in it for a long time. So I'm wow. sure, Taylor, you are really ready for just some sort of normal. Yes. Because I couldn't imagine that. I'll be- I know another that moved to San Antonio during spring break. And they were starting at the high school and at Cambridge. And so they started distance learning. They've never met their classmates in person. They've never met their teachers in person. They've done this entire nine weeks at a new school with only distance learning. So, yeah, a really unique experience. (laughs) Oh, that would be crazy. That would be be so hard. And they were so excited about moving here and meeting people and, you know, getting to be part of the community. And then... And I mean, they love what they've experienced, but it's just, you know, it's just obviously different. They've never seen the people like physically in person. So it's just kind of interesting for next year. I guess I'll go. If you found a penguin in your freezer, what would you do with it? Of course, that's your question, Sarah. I love it. (laughs) Um, If I found a penguin in my freezer, I would be super excited. Um, I would name it um, for sure. I don't know what I would name it, but I would name it right away. Um, and then just try to make it feel comfortable and welcome in my family. That is a big question. 
Um, yeah, I would definitely, I would let Thomas name it because he says he never gets to name any of our parts. Um, so he would get to name the penguin. Um, I guess we would have to find a place for it to live. That's very cold. That was my first thought. <laughs> Texas might not be the greatest place. <laughs> uh, I recently saw on Twitter that uh, someone discovered what the inside of a penguin's mouth looks like. And I'm going to... Oh. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's genuinely kind of frightening. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a picture in the maybe not. There's there's like like you should just Google inside penguins' mouth, and the first like few images that come up are like legit from like National Geographic photos, and it looks like something from a horror movie. Like just these lot like razor like things. Like it is. They're not as cute anymore to me as I originally <laughs> felt. But if I had a penguin, I'd probably name it Percy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I'm something I've lived my whole life without seeing. Uh, so you saw it. You, you Googled it? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's so. Not, it reminds me of a shark, the inside of a shark's mouth. Yes. Like, it's just like that when you look at penguins, you would not think no. that that's no. what their beaks are lined with. It's just. Yeah, not not very pleasant. But great question, Sarah. All right, who's next? Well, and Sarah, if I can add real quick before we yeah. move on. I oh, actually yeah. went to Moody Gardens in Galveston once and did this experience where we got to meet penguins in person. They brought us into a room. We got to hang out with this little penguin. They actually had the penguin paint us a picture. They put paint on the penguin's foot. <laughs> and the penguin paint this. It was super, super cute. Like, I was right up next to the emperor penguin. It was adorable. So... I have an affection towards penguins anyway, so I love the question. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, that's so awesome. So, Ms. actually recently, um, or not recently, but during this whole question, you actually mentioned Thomas. And yes. And someone who's met Thomas and knows how crazy he is, how is he doing? <laughs> He's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, um been dealing with getting all the energy out of him so he'll sleep at night when he doesn't have all of his activities that are built into his day we've had to build them in ourselves and since we got that figured out it's been a lot better <laughs> what's the, the been the craziest thing you've had to do for thomas to help burn energy oh i made him jog <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna start running around the neighborhood and that seemed to actually be the thing that really burned him out pretty quickly <laughs> that's that's awesome that's good. yeah we broke down and got a trampoline too I didn't want to keep jogging. (laughs) (laughs) If you could um, make a charity, what would it be for, and why are you passionate about that? I would say definitely something kid-related, like kids that, you know, like home life isn't um, ideal for them. Because I see as a teacher how much having supportive families help students and then I personally grew up in kind of with a very interesting mother we will say um and I was very lucky um to have family members that were very helpful and willing to step in and I see how much it doesn't necessarily have to be an immediate family member but having someone step in and do something to help you and guide you when things become difficult I see how important that is so that's something I would want to do yeah, and this won't be a surprise. Mine would be centered around books, some kind of book charity, like <clears throat> money donated so that kids can have access to books, um, be it through donations of books or um, 
where kids can request books or like a bookmobile. Like I've always loved the idea of like having a bookmobile, like drive around. And I know when I was a kid, I don't remember what it was called. But it was like, I don't know, we else had this, uh, Stephen or, or, excuse me, Mr. Presenio or Ms. Stewart. <laughs> but, um, but like it was a, in the summertime, there was a bookmobile that you could visit and you could get books from it. And um, anyway, I just think that would be a worthy charity was just to make sure kids have access to books because they're, all these, you know, statistics and research that just access to books is what um, makes people stronger readers. And being a strong reader, I think, makes you more successful in life just because things are more accessible to you. Um, so my charity would be centered around book access for for children in particular. Yeah. If I had to uh, do a charity as well, I'd probably just combine forces with Ms. Supasay and the, the exact same thing, especially for students that come from... Um, there may be different neighborhoods. They need way more access. Like we, we kind of have, we kind of have it good in certain regards. Like I think about our classroom libraries alone, Ms. Supase, and how the district has really helped us like grow them. And um, it'd be really great to help other students that um, don't have the same access as we do. Yes, I agree. And, and it, even if my, the charity might even be giving teachers money to give to get books to then give to the kid, you know what I mean? Like you would be the one who would know who needs the books necessarily. So, you know, maybe even some kind of grant like book love where you give money to teachers for giving away books, not even for personal libraries, but for, you know, the gift of books. Cause my dream was always when I taught elementary school, I would give my kids, my students um, books at the end of the year. Cause I only had like 20, 25 students. So it was more affordable, but now with 150 students, I can't possibly gift everyone something like that, you know? So um, that might be another way to go about it. How did y'all get into teaching? Like, how did you end up becoming a teacher? Have you always been a teacher, or um, is it something that you discovered later um, in your career? Um, I, I've always been a teacher, other than um, a few years when I stayed home with my kids. But um, I always feel bad admitting this, but I got into teaching because I liked English. Um, I was like, they'll pay me to just talk about English all day. I'm in. Um, but I've always said though, like I realized that I stayed in it because how much I enjoy working with students. So it just, I was very lucky. I managed to find something that I didn't know I really enjoyed initially. Um, but if I didn't enjoy working with students, students as much as I do, there's no way my love of English would have really, <laughs> Oh, I guess overcome all that. I don't know if that's the right word, <laughs> but basically I was able to combine two things that I really enjoy. And yeah, that's, this is all I've ever done. Miss Hubert, it sounds like you kind of just signed up for a you to become like a YouTuber and then accidentally had to become a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> YouTube definitely did not exist when I first started teaching. I actually had a chalkboard when I first started che- teaching. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how far back it went to go. I did not grow up like wanting to be a teacher and dreaming of being a teacher. I really didn't. I was somebody who went to college and wasn't really sure what they wanted to do. Um, I was good in school and I liked a lot of different things. My actually, my natural gifts are math and science. Um, I was on the math and science team in high school. Uh, my first major in college was actually computer science. Um, my mother tells me it's because she told me that's what I should do because there were very few women in the computer science field. Um, I quickly found out that was not the right path for me because I did not do well my first semester in those classes. Um, so I quickly changed majors. 
Um, but I also, after my freshman year in college, I traveled um, with a group called Up With People, um, which is an international group that goes around and does the, this musical show, and we visit schools, and we visit different places and live with families all across the world. Um, and during that year, I visited probably, I don't know, I, I can't even count how many schools I visited. And while I was visiting those schools, I kind of caught this vision for what it would be to be a teacher. And so when I came back from that year of traveling, I actually changed my major to education. And I pretty much made straight A's the rest of college. Everything kind of clicked and fit. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so that's kind of how I came into teaching. It was kind of not my first path or thought. I kind of found it an organic way, and then it really fit well with me. Um, and again, originally, I wasn't going to be an English or reading teacher. Um, <clears throat> that actually was not my gift. I have more empathy and more understanding for kids who struggle with English and reading because they were always not my strengths. And so um, I would take more English and reading classes to kind of help balance myself as a learner. And so anyway, that's kind of how I found myself and um, where I am today. I don't teach math as well because it comes so naturally to me. I'm not as patient sometimes, and I'm not as good a teacher of that subject um, because I sometimes go too fast because it very, still to this day, I'm very analytical. Everything just fits. Well, that's why I like grammar so much because grammar is the math of English, and it has rules, and it's nice and and, and right or wrong. I like that part of it. Um, and so, um, yeah, and I became a better writer just through writing. So I can definitely attest to that in reading. They became better at both by doing both. So That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of grammar, there's one thing I remember. So I went to school to become a teacher. Like, that was my focus. And I took um, advanced English grammar. And my professor in college, he was a, a legit doctor in, like, literature and English. He would come in and he just what you imagine a college professor looking like that's what he was like disheveled he had like a tie that was loose this (laughs) frumpy sweater like a a jacket with you know the elbow patches like uncombed hair and we would talk about grammar for an hour and a half and at first first I thought I would hate it but I quickly learned that it was fascinating. I remember there'd be multiple classes where we would talk for an hour and a half about how one sentence was put together. And so now, like, I, deep down, I, even though I still make grammar mistakes, I love grammar because of this class. He was just such a genius. I'll never forget it. Like, it was so, so fascinating to, to hear him talk and watch him work. But anyway. Yeah, but, I would have that, too. If you could eat dinner with three people, living or dead, who would you choose and why? I know I can say one. I can start with one. Can I start with one? <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll get another one. <laughs> um, my one of my favorite authors is John Grisham, um, and I would just like to meet him in person and talk to him um, personally, just about his books, his ideas, um, his processes, and just everything about him. He's he's written over thirty four books for grownups, and he also has a series called. Um, Theodore Boone, your kid lawyer, Theodore Boone. Um, and he's got like seven in that series, I think. Um, he's just a prolific writer, so I just I wonder where he gets his ideas, how he does his writing schedule. I'm just interested in that because um, I've been a fan of his. I've been reading his books for probably 25 years. Um, so I know I would love to have dinner with him. I also would like, another, I'm going with another author. Um, Jacqueline <laughs> Woodson is another author that I just absolutely admire and adore. Um, her memoir, um, Brown Girl Dreaming, is a book I use in my class as a book club choice. It's written in verse. She's written a picture book, Each Kindness and the Other Side, that are, I use in my class a lot. 
um, and she was the national ambassador for um, children's literature last year. Jason Reynolds is the current one, but she was the one before him. And I just think that um, being both a woman, she's a um, she's an African American woman. Um, she just has a lot of fascinating things about her life. I would just love to know um, and be in conversation with her, um, learning about her life and um, her struggles and how she's overcome and just her goals and her aspirations for kids and books and other authors. I would, my first one would be an author, Jane Austen. I just love her. Um, <laughs> I think that she's, I mean, that she wrote in a time where women didn't get published that much. She never got married. It'd be really cool to sit down and talk to her and ask her questions about how and why and she made the choices she did, even though I've read her biography. It would be neat to hear it from her as well. <laughs> um, and then my grandfather, because he's a lot of people, I have a real appreciation for literature, because I remember him, like, giving me books as a kid. I had, you know, like, some time where I struggled with reading, and he was always really encouraging about all of that. Mm. Um, and he just really, he was genuinely just a really neat guy that even as a little kid, I remember enjoying talking to him. And I would love, he's not alive anymore. And I would love to get to talk to him as an adult now, because mm. I, was, I was an adult technically, but I was like in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> so as an adult who's got like kids and everything now, it would be really neat to talk to him about stuff, especially he was a doctor. Um, so I've often thought during all this pandemic stuff, I would love to talk to him about his thoughts on it. Um, and then my grandma, she was another really neat lady. Um, and she gave me all this weird advice that didn't make sense as a kid. And it's funny now as an adult, I'm like, that's what she meant. Like, I still have moments where I'm like, oh, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give us an example? What, what would she say? She would like, she was a pretty religious person. So a lot of times they were like religious things. And I remember one of them that always stuck with me was like, God gives you three answers, yes, no, and wait. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go play. As an adult, I can see, like, sometimes, you know, patience and having to wait for things um, is important. And that's, you know, part of whether it's a religious perspective or just more spiritual that sometimes you have to wait for things to happen in the right time and stuff like that. But as a kid, I was like, sure thing, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Grandma. Do you have your okay. third yet? This yeah, I think my last one, this might be easy. I don't know. I um, I've always admired the, uh, the actress Reese Witherspoon. Um, and she kind of has a tie-in because she has her own book club, like Oprah. Um, and so she has a literacy focus. But I just, um, I've always just liked her in movies. And she was currently in a show that I watched during this time, which was a, an adaptation of a book, um, The Little Fires Everywhere. And so I think I would enjoy having her. I think she's funny. And um, I like the things she does in the world and the way she's kind of you know, brought an importance to literacy um, by having, like, these book club choices. And then, like I said, adapting one even for um, for TV. So... I would pick her as my third person. Nice. That really is meaningful with Caroline. I mean, as as um, as Miss Hebert's because um, <laughs> his words are family related, but um, but yeah. those are mine. But they are sort of book related. So yeah. So I have the hardest time with students when their name does not match who they are. I've called kids by the wrong name so many times in these sessions because I see their name on the screen, <laughs> and even though I know I know their given name is something totally different, but I have been caught many times calling them by their. Um, their given name because it's what's printed on the you know, screen below their circle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. I didn't realize right that. Now, it's Caroline Ebert instead of Miss. I know. Right now, I was like, uh, 
And my, my old brain just says what I see. So yeah. I was like, Thatcher, I know you, and I didn't know your given name was Henry. So I'm glad that they said Thatcher because I would have been like, who's Henry? But I know who Thatcher is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize mine was, I logged in as Caroline until yeah. Mr. Rasenia was like, minimize your, or like, put your picture up. And I was like, that's not my picture. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you're pretty hip with the Steve Carell. I mean, that's pretty awesome to have your little account. For a split second, I was like, I could have sworn her name was Kathleen. Has it been Caroline this whole time? Like, and after well, I was like, oh yeah, her daughter. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was really surprised to see that too. Um, but that, I, was that's... A, I was on a Zoom call last night and it was a small group and, um, and this, somebody was on their daughters and it was like Tsunami the Sea Wall or something. She had like some total like fantasy name that she'd made up for her Zoom call and her <laughs> mom had logged in with it. So it was like, who's Tsunami the Sea Whatever. It was really funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my teachers, their child like had this filter on oh. and they logged in and they didn't realize it was still their child's thing. The entire time they had this really like goofy filter, and then <laughs> did y'all tell them? Did you tell the teacher? That that part's not important. Oh, that's so funny. oh Thatcher, that's awesome. If you could shrink down an animal and stick it in your pocket, which one would you shrink and why? I I don't know. There's so many to choose from. My favorite animal I used to say was an oh copy. Is that you say oh copy? The one that looks like a giraffe and a zebra and all those mixed together. But I don't think I want that in my pocket. Like I think I might do. I don't know. I might do a koala bear because you could just keep it with you and it's so cute and cuddly. And yeah, I think I would go with a koala bear um, because it's cute and cuddly. They used to sell the ones at the book fair that were teeny tiny. You could like put them on places. Did you ever get one of those? Yeah. I just put a cute little cuddly thing with you and it would snuggle against you and like, I don't know. I would like to have a little koala bear in my pocket. I would do like a tiger because it would be like just having a little tiny cat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this vicious thing. <laughs> but like, what could it do to me if it fits in my pocket? <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be cool to have like a miniature schnauzer like they're already small to begin with and if you shrunk them even further i think it'd just be like a cuteness overload it'd be just too much i would take the penguin that sarah gave me and i could make that in my pocket and that would take care of what to do with it because i could just stick it in my freezer oh there we go penguin that sarah recommend yeah that sarah gave me and i'd put that shrink that down and stick it in my freezer and i could keep it that would be a good idea a huge problem that i would run into is accidentally like forgetting that it's there and putting it in the washer because because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there used to be these babies that were like hanging around the school like little teeny little babies and I got one of them and forgot it was in my pocket and I stuck the jeans in the wash and then the next time I got it it was just disgusting it was weird you mean the babies that the people hide all over the school mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah I have a lot of those in my class. I have these little plants in my class that are fake from Ikea plastic plants, but I would find those babies hidden in those plants almost every week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to do one final question. Last week we asked people, or uh, Miss Holiday and Miss Tacker, what movie scarred them as a kid. Um, So I I figured that'd be one of our, we'll ask a few like super quick questions, just kind of like off the top of your head. So go ahead and tell us that. What was a movie that you watched as a child that scarred you? Um, mine was Poltergeist. I wasn't probably supposed to be watching it at the age I saw it. And um, I can still see some of the scenes in my head. I don't do well with horror. 
and uh, but it was super popular, and so mine was Poltergeist for sure. Nice. I think Terminator. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what part about it, like, scarred you? What, like... I don't know. I just remember being like, this is really violent. I'm sitting next to my little brother, who was interesting because he was even younger, and he just goes, I love the this is why I call you a nerd all the time. <laughs> this is the reason specifically. <laughs> oh, Alright, I'm gonna steal one of the students' quite I think it was Taylor. Um if you uh if you could know when you died, what would your last meal be? Steak and potatoes. Yeah, mine. As you know, I'm a bland eater, as you've already heard. Um, I love this chicken dish from Carabas. It's just chicken and pasta, but it's a chicken and pasta dish from Carabas. Either that or pizza. Pizza's really my favorite food of all time. I can eat pizza every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and be completely content. What ha- What is something that is currently getting you through our quarantine time that you've kind of, as the weeks have progressed, like you've kept on doing or something like what's been helping you stay sane during this time we've been playing lots of board games and that's been like it's been actually kind of really nice like a lot of family time together i've really enjoyed that mine has been walking i've tried to walk every day i'm just to get outside on a routine basis like so that i'm breathing fresh air and not feeling like i'm really stuck inside Mm -hmm. and so i have a really nice walking path in my neighborhood and so i try to walk every day um, keep myself sane. All right. So our final question is what message do you have for your students right now as the school year closes? What do you, what do you wish that you could tell them if you were face to face in, in a classroom? Um, I'm just proud of how, um, how they've all taken on this unique experience, um, whether they feel super successful or like it's been really, you know, hard, um, they have, um, I'm just proud of them for showing up and trying to do what they can do in the midst of something that's very, um, unpredictable and uncertain, um, and that they should feel, um, proud of themselves and to not feel like this is the end of learning, but that, um, learning continues whether we're in it, obviously with whether we're in a school building or at our houses or how we access the world that just that I want them to continue to strive for, learning more about the world around them, to continue reading books, obviously, um, whether it's digitally or in person, um, and just to strive to be lifelong learners and not let this time get in the way of that. The first thing that came to mind for me was, you know, we talk about in the, like in English classes, you know, everybody has their story to tell. And I just feel like after this experience, everybody definitely has a story to tell. Like, you know, I talked to my own kids about how, you know, like this will be something like your grandkids will ask you about one day. Um, like, we're kind of living through history right now. And it'll be a very interesting story to tell at some point. Well, uh, thank you again both for joining us today on our last podcast. We have really appreciated all of your time and your answers and your insights. So thank y'all. You guys are Thank you for Yeah, thank you for being so creative and just coming up with something so great that could continue um, this for students. I love it. So y'all done a great job. You heard from our last interview of the podcast year, 
But we want to thank Ms. Supisay and Ms. Hebert for joining us and for uh, sharing their wisdom and expertise and just overall heart and humor. You guys have been wonderful. All right, for our final segment, it is our question of the week. Last week, we posed the question, what do you think the world needs more of? While we didn't get a lot of answers, we did get three, and those three answers were um, all the same, funny enough. Um, All three people said the world needs more love right now. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you all agree with that? Does the world need more love at this time? I mean, you heard from me last week. I think really the world needs more Bob Ross, so I disagree with them completely, but it's their opinion, so whatever. Well, Bob Ross kind of is love. Yes, we need more Bob Ross and more love. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Sierra. Um, Awesome. So uh, our question of the week um, normally comes from a student, but for this final episode, I'm asking specifically the members of our podcast staff this question. And for those of you that are listening, a question for you to think about. We actually have two questions this week. The first question is, what are you most looking forward to do this summer uh, in light of everything once school is over? What are you going to do? I think like a week or two after summer starts for us, I'm going to a summer camp for a month, so I'm excited about that. Wow. Uh, like out of town, like you're going to like an overnight summer camp? Yes, it's over in Missouri, I think, Branson, Missouri. What? And they haven't canceled it yet? Or like they haven't canceled it? Mm-mm. What they're going to do is we have to self-quarantine for... 14 days beforehand to then go over and have all our stuff like in saran wrap and stuff. Whoa. Uh, yeah, was, they're heavy precaution about this stuff. That, that, but that's exciting though that you still get to go. Cause I know yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of nervous. At my camp, they have K1 and K2. K1 is for 6 to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. K2 is from 13 to 17 year olds. And you also make your schedule. And I made my schedule way too late, so so many stuff, so so much stuff was already booked up that my schedule kind of not as fun as I hoped it would be. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been going to this camp for a while? Yes, I've been going since I was seven. I'm going to be moving to Seattle. What? Yeah. Just for like the summer or like forever? I don't know. Alright, for longer than going to be a summer, but I'm going to be living there for a while. Okay, that's kind of fun. Yeah, excited for that. Wow, Taylor, I mean, you literally just moved here to Texas. Are you excited, nervous, sad? I'm excited. I'm just ready to get, like, all my stuff and have an actual home, you know? Yeah, I understand. Wow, that's that's exciting, though. Seattle is a really cool city. All right, uh, Sarah, Sierra, what are y'all doing this summer? What are you looking forward to? Well, we had a big trip planned, but we had to cancel it because of everything going on. So the week after we get out of school, my mom booked some. Uh, my mom booked a few days down at this little cabin by a lake. So we're gonna go and stay there. Besides that, my parents are probably gonna tell me two days before we leave what we're doing. They don't <laughs> tell me we're going anywhere until two days before. What about you, Sierra? What are, What are you looking forward to this summer? Um, I was really looking forward to our trip to New Orleans, um, but um, we still don't know if, if we're going to do it yet. It just depends how things go. 
Um, but I think it's looking good so far. Wow, that that's great. But yeah. Cool. I miss also, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like going out and doing things with people again. Yeah, me me too. Yeah, this summer, last summer, we took a crazy road trip from Minneapolis to San Francisco, and it took us almost a month. And we were going to do something similar from San Antonio to Seattle and then back, but we had to, we were about to book everything when literally the day before school closed, like we got all the announcements, and so we're kind of glad that we did. Um, we didn't book anything, but we're still very sad. Like we were gonna go to all these national parks and camp and sightsee and we're really sad but so i don't know what we're gonna do yet but hopefully something something fun um our last question that i have for y'all newspaper staff is what are you expecting for yourself next school year considering all that's happening in the world how what are your feelings towards next school year if we go back to school it's going to be the same Oh, hey, this is fun. I'm finally going to make human interaction. Then, like, a week later, I'm like, school sucks. So, that will probably happen. I agree. I think we as humans are pretty forgetful. Like, we, we forget super fast um, certain experiences. So, I, I, I agree with you, Thatcher. Honestly, I agree with Thatcher. I feel like we're going to go back to school. And we're probably gonna, I'm probably going to be, like, happy that I'm there for maybe, like, one or two weeks. And then I'm going to hate being there. And I'm going to want to stay home forever. And then if I'm given the opportunity to stay home, I'm going to stay home and then want to go back to school. So, like, you'll, ne- you'll never be happy? I'll never be happy. Wait, I thought that was the entire purpose of school. It's just never be happy. I lied to you this entire time. Sierra and Taylor, you both kind of mentioned it about, like, how next year you're starting high school. What are y'all feeling right now in light of everything? I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm all right. I'm not really sure what this new school is going to look like in Seattle, but... Yeah, um, I'm pretty nervous too, but I'm staying in San Antonio for I mean, what I know now. <laughs> but yeah, I think that it could either be really, really awful or it could be really, really great. So yeah. I guess you just have to wait for it to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think school's going to be the same for a while after this. I think there's going to be new like rules and things like that. I think what Miss, um, was it Supasay or who mm-hmm. was it? Yeah. Yeah, Miss I think she brought up a good point that it would make more sense if we just had, like, some people come in the morning and some people come in the afternoon. I think they, like, I don't know what exactly they're going to do, but I think that would make the most sense. It's going to be really, really interesting once it all shakes out. But what a cool side effect of it, while it, it, it has been crazy, it's given us the opportunity to do this. This is something that we would never have done. It never would have crossed my mind anyway to do a podcast if we were still at school. Like we would have just kept doing the newspaper. Um, but instead, this gave us a really unique way to express our thoughts and ask questions and hopefully spread a little bit of cheer into this world. But um, So that ends our question of the week. Uh, again, we want to thank you all for listening. But before we, we end officially... Um, we have a riddle of the week to answer. Uh, Thatcher, will you repeat last week's riddle and reveal to us the answer? Sure. Um, so last week's riddle was, I have cities, but no houses. I have mountains, but no trees. I have water, but no fish. What am I? And I'll give you all some time to think about that. 
not sometime, we'll give you like five seconds to think about that. And the answer was a map. Nice. I, that's a really good riddle. Do you have one, one for us this week? I figured I wasn't going to do one this week since no one's really answered or anything. Okay. Well, thank you for that anticlimactic ending, Thatcher. Well, yeah, no problem. Just kidding. Um, well, I just want to thank um, the four of y'all, uh, Sarah, Sierra, Thatcher, and Taylor, for being a part of the podcast. It has been so much fun working with you. Uh, go ahead and say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. That is all for Mules with the Mic. We'll be back next school year. Stay safe, everyone, and have a great summer.